Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Everybody. Praise the Lord. I am so delighted to be here with you this evening. Amen. God is indeed and he is good and he continues to be good. He continues to show himself mighty in our lives. I want to pause at this time to give honor and pay homage to the best pastors on this side of heaven in the persons of Bishop and Lady James F. Harris. I am so delighted to have them as my spiritual parents. I mean, God couldn't have couldn't have set things up better. I am just delighted in what God is doing, has done. Amen. He continues to be faithful. And tonight we just want to give you a word of encouragement along the lines of soul repair. And this is something about coming in line, continuing to come in line uh, with God. Sometimes when your life or the road of life, as we typify, it looks like when it's clear, everything's good. No traffic. The road is smooth. Everything's paved. The lines are straight and we're doing well. But sometimes, sometimes that very same road that we call life is filled with potholes, bumps. There's no line of direction. You might even be not even be able to see the road clearly. You might even have an overcast. It might be storming. This is just the nature of how life is sometimes. But but there is hope for the people of God. There is hope for the saints of God, knowing that God is always with us. He is always there. Amen. He continues to prove himself mighty in our lives as we as we reach out to him and give him the opportunity to do that. And we're going to move ahead tonight. And it, the scriptures, we have a couple of scriptures that we're going to consider, that we're going to consider tonight. Uh, one of those scriptures is found in the book of 2 Corinthians, and it's chapter 4, verse 7. And it says, but we have this treasure, this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. You know, sometimes God will allow things to happen in our lives and it's so that he can get the glory It's so that he can bring things about that's going to be for our benefit in the end but sometimes sometimes how things start off and we're talking about coming in alignment sometimes the situations that God may use the circumstances the people the places the things that he might use to bring us in line might not be what we expect. It might come a different way, but we have, that's where our trust in God has to be steadfast. Our faith in him has to be steadfast, you know, because when we believe God, now it's easy to say you trust somebody when things are going well, when everything is lined up, your expectations are lined up, your focus, everything is good. Now that that's easy. That's easy. But what happens? Do you still exhibit that same trust when you are now no longer in control of all those factors? What happens when the only thing that you know is what you're standing in front of and you can't even see around the object or the, what the obstacle that might be in front of you? Do you still trust God? Coming in line with God has to do with trusting him, whether things are favorable or non are not favorable, whether it's easy, smooth, or bumpy and rough. 
when you hit a pothole, like we talked about, how do you how do you regroup? How do you come back in line? So tonight, in continuing with the subject of soul repair, I want to share some of the insight that the Lord laid on my heart while I was going through my last experience. Um, sometimes you've got to tell your story so that God can get his glory. Sometimes we're not as personable. I may not be as personable in sharing some things because, you know, some things, if we could plan it out and script it, then that might be a little different. But sometimes you can't script life. Sometimes the things that you think that you prepared yourself for can still sometimes catch you unaware. But the, the common denominator the common denominator, when God, when you come in line with him and he becomes that thing that's constant in your life, then you can handle more than you think you can. Because if we had to go back and choose some things, now think about this, if we had to make some choices, we would probably choose things, you know, they, they say in science, the, the path that is chosen is one usually that has the least resistance. That's usually the route we choose. Uh, coming in line has to do with being bumped and prodded by the rod and the staff of God to help us to go in the right direction. Sometimes he might have to use that same rod and staff to comfort us. Yeah, it brings us comfort, but sometimes that staff might be used to pull us out of a difficult uh, situation or circumstance. We still got to trust him. Sometimes that rod might bump us in a direction to help us miss one thing, but to direct us or line us up to go through something else. So I start by saying sometimes you've got to be bold enough, have enough confidence in God to tell your story so that he can get his glory. One of the things that uh, the Lord laid on my heart while I was uh, in the hospital bed was Sometimes you have to be willing to let go of some things in your life to actually save your life. Um, we tend to have in our mind, uh, we, are, we have powerful imaginations and we tend to kind of let things play out in our minds. But sometimes you have to let some things go. You have to actually let them go so that you can save your life. Some of the people, the places and the things that you're trying to hold on to puts you at greater risk the longer you try to hold on to them or to it. You struggle to hold on to something from your past just because it's something that's always been a part of you or it's been a part of you for so long. Now, typically, we, we have no trouble or problem giving up something that we don't want. If God was to remove everything from our life that we didn't want, we really wouldn't have a problem with that. So we think, so we think. We might even get a little spiritual and get scriptural and say, I'm forgetting those things which are behind me and I'm reaching forward to those things which are before me. I'm going to press. We start off very enthusiastically until circumstances change. Now, now that's true, you know, but what happens when, you know, sometimes we do have to give ourselves the gift of letting go. There are some things in our past that we have to let go because we know that, that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. So he's going to keep bringing up stuff that you keep tripping over or tripping about 
just to keep you from going in that direction that God has for you to go. So, yeah, he plays games, you know, so but it's easy to give up something that you don't want, you know, but but, you know, are we willing to give up something or we give up those things we're fed up with? But are we willing to give up something that we want to keep? Paul says in Philippians, but what things were gained to me, those things I count loss for Christ. Are you willing in coming in line with God? Are you willing to sign at the bottom of a blank sheet and say, God, whatever you want to take me through, wherever you want to take me to, I'm willing to go. I'm willing to go. Paul says, Yea, doubtless. He said, I'm willing to give it all up, not just the good, not just the bad, but I'll give up some of the good stuff just so that I can really get what God has for me, what things were gained to me, those things I counted lost. Yea, doubtless, I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. He says, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. And being found in him, Paul, why are you why are you willing to do that, Paul? He says, I'm willing to do all that. I'm willing to give those things up so that I will be found in him not having my own righteousness, which is of the law. You know, and on those days where we dot every I and cross every T, you know, those are the good days. But what happens when you cross the I and dot the T? Are you still driven and you st- are you still committed to say, God, for God I live and for God I die? Until you're willing to let go of everything, which is like a death, until you're willing to do that, you can't really say that you're committed. It's got to be on the good days, the bad days, the ugly days, the days when you don't know it's day. It might even seem like a night because there's so many things going on. But you still have to be determined. You know, I'm going to give up those things so that I will be found in him not having my own righteousness, which is of the law. Like I said, when we dot those I's and we cross those T's. But but that thing, which is through faith, is The reason we do what we do and the reason we are striving to come in line with God is so that we won't be found having our own righteousness because some days are better days because you did everything right. But what happens? How do you deal with those potholes when you hit a pothole, something unexpected? How do you deal with that? And you may ask, why would I even go through that? Why would I even subject myself to that? Well, I have an answer for you. You know, it's not so that I only won't have my own righteousness, but it is through faith. I'm doing it so that my faith can be built up in God. The righteousness, which is of God, my, my work, our work is to believe. And why you want to go through all this? That I may know him. Uh, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Why did Jesus go through so much for us? Calvary was the perfect example of alignment, but typically bringing something in a line is when it's gone out of alignment by itself. But we were the ones, we were the ones that messed up our relationship with God. That's why Christ came in the person. That's why God became man. That's why he came in the person of Christ so that he could bring us back to himself. 
reconcile us back to him so that he could bring us back into alignment. And so if he went through Calvary to provide everything that we would ever need, even our, even our healing, he was persecuted. Everything that was done to him was done for our benefit. He took all of the weight of everything and put it on himself just so that he could reconcile us, so that he could bring us back in alignment with him because we lost it. We lost that relationship with him. We messed up. And, and because Adam and Eve made the choices that we make, sometimes we make the wrong choices. Sometimes we just do that. It's just human nature to make the wrong choice. But sometimes some of those choices put us in situations that we don't even have the power to get out of. We can't correct it. We can't fix it. And that's what happened with us. We messed up. Adam and Eve messed up. And because they messed up to that extent, we were born in sin, shaped in iniquity. From the womb, we came out. From the womb, we came out messing up. We came out. Even even the scripture even talks about in the child mischief dwells in the heart of a child. So you never you always realize why you never have to teach a child to do wrong. It's because it's in the human nature. It just, we we migrate, we move towards those things. And God knew all of this. So the relationship that he had in the beginning was so important that he made provision before the foundation of the world. The God was became flesh, that's a miracle in and of itself, that the only true and living God would subject himself to being man, not just become a man, but to be handled by man. He said, but at the end, he says, no man take my life. His love was so great that he laid that life down. He laid it down so that we could be made the righteousness of God in him. He did all of that. That's his provision. That was his commitment. So why are we going through? We go through so that I may know him, that I may know him, Tenosco, that I may know him. But it's through that experience. It's through the experience that we have. So why would we allow ourselves or put ourselves through changes or even in the face of unexpected change, we still have to stand in God, knowing that he's got us. I do this so that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. There is no dead situation or circumstance that you find yourself in that God cannot bring you out of. That's the assurance that we have in him. And it's not just the power of the resurrection, but it's also the fellowship of his sufferings. Now, you tend not to think it's almost like an oxymoron to say fellowship and suffering because we tend to think fellowship in a positive has a positive connotation to it. We think fellowship, oh, that's like what we do at church, but it says the fellowship of his sufferings. Now, those two we wouldn't normally put together, but look at the provision that he made for us, being made conformable unto his death. God has gone through great lengths, great lengths to, to help us come back in line, to bring us back in line, because life will do that to you sometimes. It'll just, things just happen, things that you will have no control over. But as I always say, it's probably going to become my personal mantap just to say that nothing takes God 
by surprise. This life that we live now, it's not it's not just something that we should live haphazardly. You know, the scripture says in nothing, be careful. Just don't be careful in anything. He says, but in prayer, that conversation with God, when you realize what prayer is coming in alignment, God, I'm about to face a situation. God, I'm up against the odds. God, I need you. I'm, it's not something that I say just so that I can feel good. I, I'm, I'm not doing it just for a good feeling. I'm doing it because I know that even on my good days, the enemy can sneak in. Even on the days when you think everything is hidden on all points and you arrive at the office or you're working from home, it really doesn't even matter. Nowadays, with everything that, we, that, that all of us are dealing with, you know, all of us are dealing with something. But God is always there. David said that it come to a place, it's come to a place where he says in Psalms, the Lord is my light and my salvation. So on my darkest day, on the day when I encountered things that I did not expect, but I'm so assured that God is going to be there for me. I can say that the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Have you ever gone through a day where the, the occurrences and the things that happen just suck the life right out of you. You don't even know how to regroup. But he says, the Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? He David is a man that experienced a lot of things. And we refer to him in scripture because it helps us to have an example. And, and there are a lot of them that we refer to in scripture. But how many of you know that if you've walked this road long enough, not only do we refer to them for it because they were written for our example, but your life can be used as an example to help somebody else. David said that when the wicked, even my enemies and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. David's confidence was built up in so, so in God that he says, though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. I'm not going to fear because God is with me. I'm not going to going to going to quake under fear or just a crumble under fear because I know God is with me. See, we got to walk this life to an extent that we want to have the same testimony that Enoch had. The scripture says that he was translated, that he would not see death. Now, that would be a beautiful thing. And he was not found because God translated. But before his translation. And this is what we all have to ascribe for. We all have to stretch and reach for. He had this testimony that he pleased God. At the end of the day, when it's all said and done, that's what we want to do. Why do you go through? Because I got to please him. Why are you willing to suffer loss? Because I got to please him. I want to be found in him, not having my own righteousness, but knowing that God is there for me, even on the worst day, I know he's there for me. Some of the things that the Lord spoke to me while I was in the hospital, it's amazing how God will set up the perfect circumstance. He does one thing and it, it coincides with a whole lot of things that you didn't even, you didn't even consider. Who would have thought that I'm sitting in the hospital on Christmas Eve? Go, you know, go get checked out, have listened to my badages, doing what I'm supposed to do and end up leaving the Dodgers office that week, the week before, and the 23rd, going into the 24th, I'm in the hospital. Had no idea if somebody had told me, 
I'd be why? I, for what reason? I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. But see, sometimes that's how things happen. But if we trust God and we know and we know that he does all things well and he do it the right way, you got to know that to the extent that it, it's not when I feel it, but I know it. I, I have that experience that lets me know that even when it happens and I'm and I'm expecting one thing and it comes a totally different way. 24th, I'm in the hospital. Laying in the bed, they're pumping me with vancomycin, all these antibiotics, trying to get this thing, and they're trying to bring. It just goes from bad to worse. But I noticed something this time. My, I, I didn't. I wasn't shaken by it. I was well aware of the circumstance, but I wasn't. God did not allow me to be shaken by it to the extent that fear crept in. It was like He just slowed things down. Caused one thing, allowed allowed one thing, not caused it, but allowed it to happen. You know, he allowed some things that some people say, well, if God is so good, why does he let good things or bad things happen to good people? Now, if we were in control of more, then you could you could speak like that. But because we are subject to time and we're subject to so many factors that are outside of our control, we have to trust God. So 23rd. 24th in the ER, admitted to the hospital, Christmas Day, I'm sitting there talking with my wife and getting ready to go into emergency surgery. I know I told you about it, but there are just some points. Getting ready to go into emergency surgery. Don't think because you go through similar circumstance that you try to box God in to where he's got to deliver you a certain way. He may take you to the threshold of the same experience and then deliver you in a totally different way. It might be a, to a greater extent or to a greater extreme. It may be to a lesser effect, but deliver you, he will. But we've got to trust him to know that however he delivers me, that scripture says you do everything right and you do it the right way. It becomes a part of you then. It becomes your own mantra. It becomes a thing that you live by when you go through enough with God to know that I trust him to that extent. I trust him to that extent. It goes back to our experience. Coming in line with God is really coming to the point where we surrender ourselves to have the experiences that God is sending our way allowing us to be brought in line with his will. It has to do with the heart, the mind, and the soul, all of that. The heart, the mind, he knows, he knows all of these things. He knows our heart. He knows our thoughts are far off. He And the word is quick, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It divides even asunder. It, 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 it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So God knows where we are. People tend to use that 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 phrase, God knows my heart, when they're planning to do something different. But I encourage you, saints, I encourage you. We we want to build coming in line with God this time, this year. It's not coincidental that we're talking about coming in line and that we're talking about taking on and putting on the full armor of God. We really need this. We're in perilous times. We're in perilous times. And we need to have the armor of God on so that we can stand. This is the evil day. It's not coming. It's here. We are living in the last dark and evil days. The mothers used to say we're living in the last dark and evil days. God is not an option. 
is still your choice, but he is not just an option. He is mandatory. If you're going to make it, and you will, but if you're going to really come through things, it's going to be on his terms for his glory. Now, he's going to do it in a way that we're going to benefit from it. Christ suffered everything, just like Calvary. He suffered everything. Shame, pain, loss of blood, but no one took his life. He laid it down just so that he could become, so that we could become a friend of God. So I encourage you, take time to truly come in line. Don't, don't, don't cheat yourself out of an experience with God that's going to truly bring you in line with him. Even if you might seem slightly out of alignment with everything else or everyone else around you, as long as you listen for God's direction, he's going to bring you, he's going to bring you in line. Trust me when I tell you, trust him enough that if I got to give up the good, the bad, whatever I got to give up, I'll give up anything and everything that I may gain Christ. So we're coming in line. We're coming in line. It has indeed been my pleasure to share the word of God with you on tonight. I want to end with a word of prayer. Father, we just thank you for your goodness, your mercy, and your grace. Father, we thank you for we have given what you have laid on our hearts to your people, even to those that don't know you, God. I pray in the name of Jesus that this word will find good soil. Their heart has been made pliable so that the word can be planted, so that it can be mixed with faith so that it may profit them. And that profit, whether it be salvation for the one that don't know you, deliverance for the one that finds themselves in a perplexing situation. But God, you're able to deliver. You are able to deliver not only the righteous, but you deliver those that don't even know you just so that they could come to know you. So Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, let the word find good soil. Let it find good soil. Let it find listening ears and receptive hearts in the name of Jesus, that the needs, your purpose may be brought to our mind. It may be brought to the, to the threshold of our heart that we can choose you. You said, behold, you stand at the door and knock. Lord, help us to hear the knocking on the door of our heart. You, you know our thoughts are far off, but help us to have the mind, your mind, the mind of Christ. Help us, God, as we come in line, keep our hearts with all diligence. You encourage us to do that because out of, the, out of our heart are the issues of life. Don't let us just be a people that react, but help us to respond. Help us to take into consideration everything that's going on. Look to you because you are indeed the author and the finisher of our faith. Bless now your people, bless now those that don't know you, but that under the sound of my voice, if they would just turn their heart and their mind toward Calvary and they can accept that you died on the cross for them, that you arose from the dead and by faith, they can account Calvary to their own life. The blood of Christ will be applied to their life. And if they can believe that by faith, 
then they can accept and receive you as Lord and Savior. Father, we thank you just for your people. We thank you for this platform and for this opportunity. We pray, God, that you would go with us, be with us, lead us and guide us, keep us for your namesake and for your glory. Until such another time as we come together, we give you all praise, all glory, and all honor belong to you and to you only. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Saints, until next time, God bless you.